The Packers have played their four quarters. Now it's time for the fifth quarter. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stadium View. Thank you very much. Thank God we made it to 2019. We can burn 2018, <laughs> and we will tonight as we put a wrap on the Packers season and what a big offseason is going to be. Wow, we got uh, the rest of my kitten caboodle to give away before we're done, so make sure you sign up for some door prizes. We'll have a lot of fun this evening, and we're going to visit with Wes Hodkowitz, the lead staff writer for Packers.com. He'll try and put a spin from the inside on what the heck happened this year to the Green Bay Packers alongside, as always, to help wade our way through the hour. Matt Z, hello, Matt. Hello, hello, hello. <sighs> last last show of your 39th yes. season of the fifth quarter. And I was really hoping the Lions would make it 39. It was almost 39 to nothing. Yes, it was. It could have been. In honor of 39 you. 39 years of nothing <laughs> on Monday nights, and that's why we're doing it on a Wednesday night. We're not going to talk a whole lot about that game on Sunday. It was compellingly yeah, bad. bad. Awful. Uh, compelling because I just could not believe it was the same bunch of guys. Granted, it was a ragtag bunch of guys for the most part uh, trying to finish the season after an inspirational performance against the Jets to give them their only road win. But I just looked again at the starting lineup. They had five preferred starters on offense on Sunday right. uh, to finish that season. And let's see, Bakhtiari went out. Balaga, well, I think he finished, right? Uh, Rodgers did not. Uh, so, you know, they were down to three, okay? And on defense, they had three preferred starters Yeah. in the lineup. Uh, Clay Matthews, Blake Martinez, and Tremont Williams. Okay, this was a preseason finale for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and yeah. the Lions, who had nothing to play for as well, just they had several injuries they were dealing with as I well. I agree. It but was they just, showed up. It was distressing, yeah. and it probably cost Gentleman Joe a chance uh, to become the next head coach of the Packers, in my opinion. He's still going to get interviewed yes. probably tomorrow, I believe. We'll run down all of that stuff going on with the coaching search as well. Uh, but, yeah, it was just <laughs> – I could take my eyes – it was a crash. It was a plane crash. It was a train wreck. It was all of it. You couldn't take your eyes off it. It was like turn four at Daytona. You know, with two yeah. laps to go, and there's ten cars involved. It's just, it just uh, was unbelievable. Didn't seem to be a lot of life, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. Tremont Williams talked about that after the game as well. No one seemed to be fired up and into the game. And then when Rodgers goes down with the concussion, you know, early into that game, it was like, all right, <laughs> this thing could snowball in a pretty bad way here quickly. Six, and it did. Nine and six, nine and one. That's back-to-back -back losing seasons for the first time since yep. ninety and ninety-one. Missed the playoffs for the back-to-back -back years for the first time since the last year of Sherman, first year of McCarthy. Packer fans aren't used to this. I don't think they're going to stand for this. They certainly haven't. There's a lot of riled-up folks, and now pressure is on uh, our two leadoff guests next summer, Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, right. uh, to get this thing right. So what we're going to do tonight is kind of go down – you know, a sentimental journey, uh, really sentimental, uh, <laughs> for the 2018 season. And uh, and we'll throw in, obviously, all of the other things that are going on uh, with the Packers right now. So instead of locker room quotes, you don't want to hear anybody grumbling about that Lion game. Uh, I thought we'd take one, my favorite soundbite from all 16 weeks as we work our way through the show. All right? You all set? I'm set. All right, here we go. We're going to start opening night. Remember how fun that was? 
<laughs> Packers, Bears, Lambeau, 24-23. Yes, Khalil Mack arrives in Chicago, not in Green Bay, and the Bears go out and lead 20 to nothing. Aaron Rodgers goes out and sprains his knee, which would bother him for the first, well, maybe if not all of the season. But he would return to a roar from the crowd, and then he rallied the Packers with three fourth-quarter touchdown passes, including the 75-yarder to Randall Cobb with only 2.13 left. This is what we're paid to do. You know, we're paid to to deal with uh, injuries and play through them. That's what everybody's doing and will be doing throughout this season. Um, that's the measure of a teammate is what are you willing to put on the line for your team. And to me, it's a no-brainer. Being out there is, is special. Uh, the ovation from the crowd lifts you up, gives you the energy, the momentum of the game, and you feel the tide turning. Is special. This is definitely go down as, as uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, memories, especially in this rivalry. But we've had some fun ones. He has had some fun ones, and that certainly qualified. And you wonder, you know, Rogers talked about being out there, and he wanted to play, obviously, even Absolutely. to the finale. And I give him credit for that. The knee was hurting. Uh, he says he's probably going to have to have some work done on it once uh, the offseason arrives. So uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to him Sunday because he was in the concussion protocol. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But it got the season off to a roaring, roaring start. That was an unbelievable night. You mentioned the concussion protocol. It was interesting how almost no one on the sidelines, except for Aaron Rodgers, knew what was going on. Like Joe Philbin talked about, he talked I about, didn't he, know. Yeah, he talked to him. He ran two more series. I think it happened yeah. on the hit. Uh, Gerard Davis that and uh, the other guy that tore his helmet off, uh, you know, on the first series, second snap of the game. And uh, then he went out for two more three and outs. And then finally, uh, either yep. exhibited some symptoms or said, you know, I got a headache. Uh, and off he went. Take it to the hospital, actually, and then came back to the stadium uh, at the end of the night, uh, and that was the last we saw of Aaron Rodgers. But a 1-0 start for the Packers, beating the Bears, always a lot of fun, and it went to week two with the defending champion Minnesota Vikings coming to town. 29-29 <sighs> tie uh, in overtime. They blew a 20-7 lead. They were up 29-21 when Adam Thielen caught the 22-yarder on the rear with 31 seconds left. This, after Jair Alexander's clinching interception, was wiped out by the very questionable roughing the passer penalty on one Clay Matthews, his second in as many weeks. That's unbelievable. So, and the worst part is, we'll probably send it in. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, they'll find fault on me. Because they're going to they're agree with the refs. So, I don't know. It, it's just a difficult call to call. And, I mean, you see how it changed the game. I know there's an emphasis on, on protecting quarterbacks, but it's, I mean, it's gotten out of control here. I, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else he could do other than do it again the following week. But right. that was a bogus call on Cousins. Oh, it absolutely was. But do you remember how that was the major storyline that it dominated the, first... the national headlines? Yes, it was. And it was the as we got from the uh, uh, pool reporter after the game, and I forget who the referee was. I'll look it up. But it was the lift and scoop thing and dropping yeah. your body weight on and, the quarterback. And it was because of all of the national coverage that they stopped calling a lot of that stuff because it was such bad press for the NFL and the refs that they started lightening up on those calls. How flag happy were referees this year, Z? Uh, Ed Hockley's kid Hockley, yes. threw the most, him, him and his crew. Record. There were 3,447 assessed penalties in 2018, an NFL record this year. It does sound high. And <laughs> Sean Hockley, the son of guns, right. had his rookie crew 
assessed 253, which was another single crew record this year. Got to make a name for yourself. A lot of flags, a lot of flags. And if the Packers go 2-0, I really think there's wind in their sails, and this is a completely different storyline we're talking about tonight. But they went on the road for the first time in week three to D.C. Redskins 31, Packers 17. They fell behind 28-10 to 10 at halftime. They committed, yep, 11 penalties. Mike McCarthy watched a sloppy road opener. Yeah, well, we got work to do. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's week three. Um, you know, in tune with the patterns of, you know, everything that we do, you know, football-wise. Uh, I would say to, you know, come the fourth quarter, you know, over time and last week, someone I carried over to the first half, but I, I thought our guys did a good job of uh, setting their jaw and, you know, the defense gave us plenty of opportunities there in the second half. They did, but too much Alex Smith, too much stupid penalties. Packers now the unenviable record of one, one, and one. Yeah. And, and we had the debate about whether ties should exist in this uh, I, league. Well, yes. We differ on that. I, yeah. If you can't, you know, get, well, yeah, I'm fine with ties. I really am. All right, so it's one, one, and one. Back home for the Buffalo Bills, and no one circles the wagons like the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> they shut them out 22 to nothing. Their first shutout in eight years. They had seven sacks, three takeaways. The offense put up 423 yards. Ah, but this is the game, ladies and gentlemen, where the divorce became public as Aaron Rodgers openly critical of Mike McCarthy's game plan in a shutout win. Yeah, I mean, we were championship defensive level and uh, non-playoff team offensive level today. That was uh, not great uh, by any stretch of the imagination. We need to find ways to get our playmakers in a position to get some more opportunities. You know, a game like today, I mean, Devontae is a tough cover for anybody, but uh, he should have 20 targets today. I really couldn't stop. You know, and then they dared to play one high a few times. Um, so we got to find ways to get him involved and, and Jimmy as well. Call the lawyers. The differences are irreconcilable, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> after that comment from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, for this season, that is sort of was the jumping that, off point. And this is for a team that was still 2 1 and 1. Okay, a shutout victory, yeah. and he peed all over it. And his head coach. Remarkable. I don't think the two got along very well the rest of the way, as it turned out. It certainly didn't seem like it. It would last only a few more weeks. That's quarter number one of the 2018 season. We'll continue our little trip through the campaign as we work our way through the evening tonight, and I think you'll enjoy it. And we'll talk about much more about the coaching search, the schedule next year, the draft, all of that still to come. We are live from the Stadium View on Holmgren Way. It's been a great host for year number 39. Hope to be back next year. Love it here. The gang is great. Treat us great. And we are, of course, live in Sheboygan and Wausau. Thanks for listening worldwide on the web streaming tonight. And from The View, we got to break the set right away for tonight. Get your cards ready again. It's Singo, baby. It's right after us, right? Singo is every Wednesday, including tonight from 6 to 9. It's like bingo, but with music. Yes. Chances to win great prizes, including cash. Who doesn't need a little bit extra cash after the holidays? Double Bubble Monday to Thursday, 10A to 7P, and DJ Trivia every Thursday, 5.30 to 6.30. Be here before all the GB Phoenix games over yeah, at the Yeah, they're coming back home this week. Tomorrow night and Saturday. Just was out of their weekend. practice today since I had nothing else to do on a Wednesday. Yeah. But I go watch a little basketball today. Come party here all for right. college basketball. When we come back, more on how this one got away and what's in store for the pack. Wes Hotkowitz is coming up next. You are listening to the fifth quarter live from the Stadium View back after this timeout.
Live from the Stadium View Bar and Grill, here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody. Appreciate it on our season finale tonight, wrapping it up. Matt Z alongside. A pleasure to welcome on board. He's guy that's uh, come in, I think, at least once uh, the last couple of years. Usually about once a year, you call Usually me when a Bashad Breeland tells me at 4 o'clock on Monday he's got something <laughs> else to do. And so I give you a call, and with everybody scattering, and boy, those guys scattered on Monday uh, after our uh, they clean out the locker room 9 o'clock Monday morning. Um, Joe Philbin at his final press conference and exit interviews, physicals, poof. Not many really love living here, to tell you the truth. And I understand why. Yeah, it's 18 degrees out. Yes, so. true. And we got another <laughs> dusting today. Ladies and gentlemen, staff writer for Packers.com, Wes Hotkowitz, joining us again on the fifth quarter. Hello, Wesley. Hello, sir. Thanks for having me back. I think this is, is this year four in a row. I think I've made I think at least it may one appearance. Be. All right, yeah. you are a vested veteran now. Happy to be here. So, let's start with <laughs> Via Bella Pace. <laughs> hey, I, I told you so. Mark Daniels <laughs> wanted a restaurant. And uh, we're in New York City, wanted some place to eat. And I was like, well, actually, Pete Doherty was the one that yes. said, we know a place. So we know a place. Best Italian food in, in New York. And uh, I think we had a good time that night. It was that fun. was good fun. Time. Gio, the owner. Giovanni. Uh, I will not try to pronounce his last name. I I'll fail miserably. I couldn't either. Yeah. But, but no, but uh, it was actually uh, a few years back, uh, a friend of mine uh, suggested it. And now every time we're in New York, that's our spot. Oh, my God. That was fun. It was fun. That Next was year, fun. we're back there, Mark. I know. I saw that. We so will be back. Have to check that out. Anyway, that was a blast. <laughs> Wes, yeah, trying to put a smile on our face after, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of frowns this season. What happened? Yeah, it's, it's really difficult because, uh, you know, this whole week, and I'm sure you're going through the same process, you, you try to contextualize a season and understand exactly why things played out the way they did. I will tell you this, though. If you would have told me as many individual things would have went right for the Packers as they did, Devontae Adams pressing for the franchise record in receptions, Aaron Jones breaking out again, making that next step, uh, defensively getting Kenny Clark playing the way he did, and Jair Alexander becoming a shutdown corner. I would have thought things would have went better than 6-9-1, and one, but certainly it's not an individual game, it's a team game, and I, I think when you look at the, the hole for the Packers, a few too many injuries, a few too much inconsistency, and the season is what it is. The Rodgers-McCarthy tenure fractured. Yeah, yeah. To the point where Mark Murphy made the move. Yeah, and it was funny. When that originally happened, uh, I think it was, what, December 2nd, right? M moments after yeah. the game, they, they make the decision to part ways with Mike McCarthy. I, I originally had some mixed emotions about it because I just thought when you have a coach that is around that long, you know, you, you might want to just let him go the distance and finish the thing out and, and keep his nose, you know, you know try, try to let him end it on a, on a high note. But looking back on it now, I think it made sense. Uh, it, the Packers, I think, knew what the direction things were going and, and where they wanted to take things. And as Aaron Rodgers said, and I wrote about it, the first article uh, after Rodgers talked about it the next day, he and Mike McCarthy accomplished a lot together. They, they brought a Super Bowl to, to Lambeau Field and to Green Bay. But in the end, it's, you don't see partnerships a lot like that. You know, 12, 13 years, it doesn't happen. So um, now this is the next step. The Packers have to go find their guy. And, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers looking to, to chase down that second Lombardi in 2019. All right. Wes, which player surprised you the most in a good way this season? I think it has to be uh, Kenny Clark. Uh, you're looking at this guy, and we were talking about it during the final locker room. I was chatting with him about yeah, this. Yeah, I was over there too. 23 years old, and to look at what he's accomplished in those three seasons, he's still the youngest defensive lineman in that room. 
it's pretty incredible. I mean, Tyler Lancaster kind of came on the scene late in the season, an undrafted free agent, <laughs> is older yeah. than Kenny Clark. And for Clark to come out, and you're seeing the, the nose tackle position change now in the NFL. It's not just about being the Ryan Pickett, you know, two-gapping, run-stopping guy. You've got to be able to press the pocket, too. And I think as, you know, whether or not it's Mike Pettin or the direction the defense goes in 2019, you have something in Kenny Clark to build upon. Uh, it's just unfortunate it had to end with him going the on IR injury, with the elbow yeah. injury. Yeah, and it's going to cost him probably a trip to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. His first alternate, I knew he was he's going to get a call. Somebody's going to beg out of it. And, you know, he said, I just don't think I'm going to be able to go, which is too bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's unfortunate. But 55 tackles, six sacks. He asked that question, who was the biggest surprise? I think everyone expected him to take a jump. I thought he made a quantum leap in year three. Which player was the biggest disappointment this season? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I, you know what? I guess my – I don't know if it's disappointment's the right word, but I, I was lamenting with my colleague Mike Spofford on one of the shows that we do, Packers Unscripted. I really wanted to see that whole defensive line group together. I wanted to see Muhammad Wilkerson and, and Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark, what that unit could do. Yeah, I think that'd be a good group. All offseason, you and I saw it, Mark. I mean, they were building so many things. We, we saw the surface level of what they were going to do with that front. They had so many different ways that they were using Muhammad Wilkerson and in you know kind of hybrid packages and as an outside linebacker, edge rushing type, and then being able to move him around. Um, I, I might not be answering your question, but I, I really felt like that was going to be something that was going to be exciting to watch and see how that developed. And unfortunately, as we saw at the end of the year, it ends up being you know Dean Lowry and a bunch of young guys yeah. having to fill out what originally on paper looked like the Fidel strongest Brown, position Brown, man, roster. he's the future Fadal Brown. <laughs> you know, I might go Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know, he yeah. had a lot of catches, but even he, a couple weeks ago, when the last time we talked to him, my numbers suck. He wasn't happy. Uh, you know, two touchdowns. It just... It just looked to me, for as much as he wowed us in the summer, and Aaron made a concerted effort to throw to a lot in practice that I thought this was going to be an unstoppable combo inside the 20, and it just never really happened. And it looked to me like he just can't run away from even plotting linebackers anymore. Does Mercedes Lewis fall on that list as a, a disappointment mm, just I because offensively, besides blocking really well, he d wasn't a threat? It was, in the passing game? I, I don't know how you feel about it. I felt like Lewis, from day one, we kind of knew what his role was going to be. That, yes, historically he's been an every down, you know, can play in line mm -hmm. tight end. But they were pretty far up front right away with Label and him with the, the run blocking right. aspect and the blocking tight end aspect. I, I'll, I'll admit to you, if you would have told me you would have finished the year with whatever it was, three catches yeah. maybe, that would have surprised right. me. But I think it was pretty well defined the way in which they were going to, you know, use him and what his role was going to be. All right. So besides... Kenny Clark, which you mentioned, that made the quantum leap from last year to this year. What other player sticks out to you that made a big jump from last year to this year? I mean, you have to say Kyler Fackrell. I, I mean, you and I, we so many times, I mean, you, you follow the fan base and where the, you know, the temperament was. People were sort of losing their temper a little bit. We're getting sort of short and we're wondering, okay, when is this guy going to turn That's it on? That's because everybody constantly wrote about his one-on-one -on -one yeah. pass blocking record in training camp he was just never beating anybody and all of a sudden he leads the team with ten and a half sacks. Yeah. it is funny when you go back though and you think about i think it was what the first or second practice when he beat david Bakhtiari. yeah yeah and everybody wrote about it immediately <laughs> and the fact that the, what i appreciate about fackrell is he never got too high or too low he's the same dude he's very even keeled he in his approach he is solo key he's sleeping incredible yeah uh, <laughs> but three sacks in two separate games ten and a half on the season i think if anybody out there would you asked any fan if they were expecting that nobody could have said that with a straight face 
But as he mentioned, when Mike Penton had them write down their goals before the season, he put down double-digit sacks, which had only been achieved by three individual players, Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, and Nick Perry in the last decade before that. And yet here is Kyler Fackrell just kind of going about his way, doing his business, and now he's, you know, the top they guy now going into next year. He, they you know, he got stronger. Absolutely. He got a little bigger, and the production finally came. Granted, a majority of it in a couple of games. Let's go back to a few of the games. We're in quarter number two of this 2018 season, and the Packers, 2-1-1, one, and one, go to Detroit to take on the Lions at Fort Beale. 31-23 to final. It was 24-zip first half. And it was Mason Crosby's nightmare. He missed four field goals and an extra point that day. You know, honestly, it just felt good. Felt good in pregame. Uh, and my warm-up was excellent, so uh, just couldn't find the lines today. I just kept uh, yeah, kept adjusting, and uh, it just didn't. Uh, it wasn't going in. So um, yeah, disappointing. Obviously, being inside. Gonna roll through these uh, How I've been hitting the ball. It's uh, for me that just feels like a, one of those days because uh, I felt. I, feel extremely extremely good this year with how I'm striking it so uh, we'll just uh, we'll get back to work and make sure it doesn't happen again yeah, it did happen the next week for he hit a walk-off as the Packers beat the 49ers on a Monday night 33 30 they avoid a shocking upset scoring 10 in the final two minutes Mason's game winner and Devontae Adams a huge night 10 for a buck 32 and two and he's on his way but he said that was a lot tougher than it should have been we got out to a quick start and then we kind of got stagnant for a minute and that, that was definitely frustrating but I mean that's that's part of football. It's not always. I mean those guys get paid too, so um, it's not always going to be smooth. But you gotta you gotta you gotta figure it out and uh, get through it and win the game. And that's what we did. Yeah, that's what they did right to the end. And then the road shows started coming fast and furious. Four road trips in the next five weeks, beginning with a trip to Los Angeles. That was one of my favorite trips, just because the weather was beautiful. Yeah, it was amazing. It was great at the Coliseum, even though we sat in. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a trailer that they'd set up. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a part of anything like that. The little lunch boxes, the yeah. Keurig machine. I mean, press boxes under renovation at the Coliseum. Uh, and but I got to cover a game at the Coliseum, so at least I got that off. Yeah, the it's been list. a while. It's been yeah. 30 years since I had. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was uh, portable trailers were the press box. It was crazy. But anyway, so was the game. <laughs> Packers. Uh, they went toe to toe with the undefeated Rams, but fall 29-27. MVS a 40-yard touchdown for a 27-26 lead in the fourth. Rams get a field goal with 2.05 left, and then Ty Montgomery fumbles the kickoff. Mike McCarthy's offense never got it back. Well, when you look at this, you know, last situation, you know, obviously the plan, the plan there is to, is to stay in the end zone. You know, two minute, we actually talked about it as a team is clearly probably the best situation that both sides of the ball handle right now. That's what those games come down to. There's, you know, their decisions, you know, and then tied ties in that decision situation. And, and, and I'm sure Ty was trying to trying to make a play. I'm sure he was, but he didn't. That was an unfortunate ending to that, too, because that, insubordination. there's a term I always use uh, when you cover games like that. The, the result didn't fit the narrative. It You're was, right. It, the narrative of that game should have been the Packers stood toe-to-toe. Hell to of toe a game. That was a great game. With the Rams and, and the way it ended, I mean, you would have just rather preferred them just get and blown out. You were in the locker room the next day when Ty met the media for the last time as a Packer right before he got jettisoned to Baltimore, and he was very defiant, indignant, says I can't trust anybody in the locker room anymore <sighs> yeah it was it was uh it was a tough separation I, and one I honestly didn't quite see coming before that certainly 
Uh, they'd kind of made their move. It was going to be Jamal Williams, and then as soon as Aaron Jones got back from suspension, right. that was Just the one too. Just off suspension, really. But uh, but yeah, I mean, at that point, it became obvious that um, you know probably it was a best in both parties case to, to move on, and the Packers got a draft pick out of it. Yeah, so. I suppose. All right, one more to go before they reach the halfway point, and that was another road trip to Foxborough against Matzies Pats. Patriots 31, Packers 17, but this was tied at 17 early in the fourth. Packers were driving, and Aaron Jones coughed it up, and the Pats tacked down a pair of touchdowns. The horrible I mean, game that in that situation, that moment, and you fumble. It's tough. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than it's my mistake, and I'll correct it. Yeah. He'll have to. Well, he did correct. He did. Yeah, that was his only fumble, right? I believe. This season? Yeah. That was his first of his NFL career. I think he had gone, was it 140 touches, touches, something like that, until he had it, unfortunately, bad timing. So now it's starting to wear on this team. Right. Battling good Team Z, losing on the road. Wes, it just looked like all of a sudden they're really starting to scramble because now injuries are starting to pile up too. Yeah, I think that Rams game was really the turning point. I, I still to this day wonder if they can get that win. Now, as it turned out, L.A. did have some warts that kind of got exposed in the games and weeks after that. But at that point, they sort of looked like Ivan Drago and that nobody was really able to stand <laughs> up to them. Uh, the Packers did, and, and I thought Aaron Rodgers, that offense, they weren't perfect, but they moved the ball. The defense was able to control Todd Gurley for the first three quarters, yeah. and once he got to that fourth quarter, things just got away from him. I think that kind of was the domino effect that you saw affect them after that. And that's what you saw really in those first four to eight games with the defense was they couldn't go that full 60 minutes. You know, they'd play a really good half and a really bad half, or really yeah. good three quarters and just couldn't close things out. It, it took them a while, and... You could argue maybe never really figured it out how to just close out games, except, you know, for like the Bills in those first eight games. Yeah. It's, and it's, that's against a bad quarterback and a bad offense. Yeah. It is weird. You've, you've covered enough of these years. I mean, you look at 2011 where the Packers were dead last in total defense, but they led the league in interceptions. This year, they're a little bit more towards the top of the pack, but the takeaways just didn't quite find Seven them. picks. Yeah. yeah. I looked it up, Wes. I couldn't find a team with fewer since they had kept stats in the media guide in 1940. Yeah, it just, uh, that- Fewest that, number of interceptions all time. This is a team that continually led the league, as many as 31 in yeah. 2011. And yeah. in today's NFL, with such high-powered offenses, you need takeaways because it's hard to Look go a Bears. full four quarters yeah. and stop teams over right. and over. You need those opportune turnovers. All right, we gotta take another break. When we come back, yes, the coaching search is on, the candidate lists is set, and the interviews are coming fast and furious. We'll talk about that with Wes Hotkowitz of Packers.com when we return to the fifth quarter at the Stadium View right after this. All right, welcome back. We only got a half hour of the season left to go, and we've got half a season to cover with Wes Hotkowitz. Uh, I'm Mark Daniels along with Matt Z. And into the third quarter of the season we go. The Packers finally come back home to take on the Miami Dolphins, and they win 31-12. to But this was just 14-12 in the third quarter. Packers scored twice in less than two minutes. TD sandwiched around. Hey, a Bashad Breeland big interception. Uh, it felt great. Um, you know what I mean? Like, all I've been through this all season, uh, to finally get back and play ball. Uh, and to make a play like that to really help our team gain the momentum. It, it was a glorious moment for me. It was a big moment for him. You know, he was the leading interceptor of all backers with two since Haha -Ha Clinton Dix got shipped <laughs> got to Washington shipped, yeah. with three among <laughs> the seven. Holy cow. But kept the Packers alive. And then they go back out on the road. Seahawks 27, Packers 24, another fourth quarter lead 24 20. But Seattle goes 75 yards and seven snaps. Packers get it back, but they punt on fourth and two and never get it back. Tremont Williams on more injuries and more road woes. 
Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, man. Guys, guys are going down. It's the nature of the game. You know, guys just have to fill in, you know, and get the job done. And for the most part, I thought we've done a good job for the most part. Um, obviously, we have to finish out the game. And that's what it's coming down to for pretty much all our games, just finishing out the games. And we're not getting over that hump. So whatever it takes to do that, we have to figure it out. Well, they would have to figure it out with another tough road trip to the Minnesota Vikings, who beat the Packers 24-17. This was 14 all at halftime. Again, managing only a field goal late. Kirk Cousins, 342 yards and three touchdowns. Pack now sitting at 4-6-1, and one, and Brian Balaga was asked if the locker room is starting to unravel. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're professionals. We, we have a job to do. We're expected to win. And I feel like, I mean, at least for me personally, I don't like to speak for anyone else, but I'm confident with the guys we have in here. I really am. We need to come together as a group, and especially in, I can only speak for the road games, we're, what are we, 0-6 on the road right now? So it's just not good enough. Not good enough. Yeah, winless on the road. And they came back home to take on the Arizona Cardinals in early December. The two and nine cards stunned the pack 20 to 17. And three hours after the game, Mark Murphy fires Mike McCarthy. You know, in evaluating the season, um, I, I really felt that change was needed. And um, kind of Mike's tenure had run its course. Um, I think we, we needed a, a new voice. And, um, you know, the, it happens in our league. Doesn't happen in Green Bay. It's never happened in Green Bay. So first in-season firing of a coach. Yeah, I know there was a resignation and you would do, yeah. 54. Yeah, yeah. yeah with uh, <laughs> Hugh DeVore and Scooter taking over for two games uh, and they went 0-2. But this was a stunning Sunday night. I'll never forget it. I was just hitting send on my last story at the <laughs> office when I had said, I'll check the email one more time and boom, there it was. Spraying to work and work the next five hours that night tracking players and looking for some someone's reaction to the news yeah what's interesting and, and you've obviously been a part of you know some of these changes in the past not in season but right coach removed removed it was actually my first time on the Packers beat having a change you know I, I started full-time on it in 2012 in that whole evening even after the press release went up and and, and obviously the reaction that was out there on social media it all still seemed not quite real. I agree. Um, it was just the, the whole, even the next day in the locker room, it, it, it just felt weird. It felt different. Um, but the one thing I will, and I know we're going to get into the next quarter of the season here shortly, but uh, for Joe Philbin to take that over, and I understand the results were what they were, but for him to, to lead that locker room and not allow it to fall apart, uh, I think said a lot about him. I think it said a lot about that team, too, of uh, just being able to finish it because that – situations like that things can go really, awry very really quickly. really tough yeah and i i will tip my cap to joe as well for kind of holding this thing together i think he was the right guy to finish that absolutely out. You know, just yeah. with his demeanor I, I call him uncle joe i mean he's just that nice of a guy and it was obvious and winston moss wasn't going to stick around right. and, and when he didn't get the interim thing as the associate head coach uh it led to his tweet and uh, i think there was just a whole personality clash in that room anyway i don't think it was the tweet that got him fired but that was another jolt yeah yeah it was the 48 hours that were just like i said kind of surreal and uh the, the fact that they were able to weather through all that pull together and and you know win that next one uh it's it's interesting it's just interesting how this league works and and certainly there's a premium on winning and winning is not easy uh, but but to have an era like that that has had so much success a franchise record uh, eight consecutive playoff berths and, and then to see it go that way 
It, it tells you how quickly things can change in the NFL. 12 and three-quarter years for Mike McCarthy, the Pittsburgh so macho guy. Is the head coaching availability in Green Bay the most attractive head coaching job out there now? Or Gee, there's only eight of them. Is it like... A lot Third of other of media reports. League, yeah. Is it like a lot of the other media reports say the Browns is the most attractive coaching job right now? To me, and I'll be interested to see what you think about this. To me, it is because here's the thing: the Browns' job has been open. I understand that the the change has been there a little bit. There's a little bit more momentum w- with them, but that Browns' job has been open a half dozen times in the last 10, 11 years. This job has been open once in 13. And you look at the structure of this place, the, the fact that there isn't a meddling owner over the top of it, the fact that you have Aaron Rodgers and pieces in place like Devontae Adams, to me, it's a very attractive job. Yes, there's a lot of potential with the Browns, but there is still that necessity to get them over the hump, which they haven't been able to do basically since they've been reincarnated. Yeah, and I think ownership plays a big part. I'm not crazy about that. <laughs> there yeah. you know right you know the Jets have gone through coaches I mean all of these teams have gone to have the Packers really with this tenure this long when you're talking about even the Bears going through four or five coaches since McCarthy's yeah. been on board and it is the winningest franchise in the NFL's history with every available resource yeah all they do is pour money from the sledding hill into the football ops <laughs> but just look at the crick look at where this organization yeah, the, has gone since 2006 i agree so. i agree well they're lined up outside the door in fact jim caldwell chuck pagano have already interviewed jill philbin will probably go tomorrow i think if not today friday well, they're going to interview Josh McDaniels and Brian Flores, the OC and the DC from the Patriots. Saturday, they're going to talk to Dan Campbell, the tight ends coach of the Saints, who was an interim coach himself Correct. in Atlanta for four games. Matt LaFleur, the offensive coordinator from Tennessee, is going to visit with the Pack on Sunday. And they're still seeking permission for Mike Munchak, the O-line coach of the Steelers, former head coach, Pete Mark Carmichael, the young quarterback coach of the New Orleans Saints. We thought this was going to be a long list. It's a long list and probably is going to get longer. There are going to be some coaches that I think are still tied to playoff teams that Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst still want to visit with. They will be exhaustive to try and find the next one. Yeah, you have to be. And, I mean, you go back and look at that coaching search from 2006 and the names on that list now uh, that the Packers chose from where you had Sean Payton and, you know, uh, I think it was Gary Kubiak was on there as well, Ron Rivera. It was a really good class of coaches, but – you have to find the right fit. There's a wise man who once told me, Pete Doherty, you might know him from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. <laughs> wise? Hiring is one of the most difficult things you can do, and it's a process that you have to be diligent in, and, and you look at Mark Murphy and, and Brian Gutekunst now, they're going to leave no stone unturned, and they're going to try to find that next guy to take the this thing over. The thing that strikes me, Z, and I'm going to throw this one off you too, is that there's a lot of guys out there. Yeah. There just doesn't seem to be the guy. Right out there. This is kind of the a hot soft, ticket item. Yeah. To me, this is a very soft pool of candidates for now eight teams to choose from. I mean, we got the Cardinals firing Wilkes. Bowles is gone. Right. Uh, who else is gone? Uh, uh, Cutter. No. Uh, on and on and on and on. There are eight teams out there, and I don't think there's a jump out gotta have guy. There's not that Sean McVay, really sweet young coach, ready to turn over a team that can do it and as he has so which way do you guys want to see the Packers go for a head coach do you want more of a offensive innovator do you want to go more of a defensive do you want an established head coach to come in and sort of deal with an Aaron Rodgers maybe a little better than a younger guy 
Me first? Go ahead. Uh, I, I really, it's funny because th- I've gone so many different ways with this question already. I, I think it is in vogue right now to go with the QB guru. I mean, historically, that's also been a way a lot of teams have gone in offensive mindset. For me personally, I wouldn't mind that because I still like what's in place with Mike Pettin. I, I, I like what he, I like what he built in year one, and I don't know if, if you bring in a defensive coach. You know, you look at Dom Capers, right? When he had his two head coaching jobs, both times he brought in Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. If a guy comes in with a defensive mindset, does he want to instill his own DC? So if it challenges that, yeah, then I probably would be looking more at an offensive mindset. And whether young, old, I, I, I'm not an ageist. You be know, know how to coach football, and I'm on board with you. But the big thing is you need to be a leader of, of individuals. You need to be a leader of men. You need to command that locker room. I think that's – I don't know if you can get, figure that out in an interview or not, but I, I think you need to have that kind of track record. All right. It's going to be interesting. Does Joe have a shot? I think he does. I, still I think really, he does truly does. Because I think he will keep petting. I think he would. Uh, you know, heaven forbid he makes Aaron completely happy and brings back Alex Van Pelt as an OC. All different things that you have to look at. But the biggest thing that I liked with Phil, and nobody has any disillusions about what that team was going to accomplish the last month of the season. I don't think there was anybody laying down big bets that they were going to win out. But the fact is, is that they were able to keep that together. You didn't see players bickering on the sidelines like you saw in some of these other locations the last couple I. weeks. I.e. Thiel and Cousins. I mean, you, what, he was able to command that locker room. Now, they got to figure out who's the best guy. Philbin said it himself on Monday. He wants the best guy in place for the Green Bay Packers. That and process and will if determine if he's the guy. Four games is it. He said, that's it. We're not quite done yet. We're going to finish up the final quarter of the season. We're going to talk about next year's schedule. Free agents to be. It's going to be a busy offseason for the Pack. Wes Hotkowitz, our guest. More of the fifth quarter live from the stadium view right after this timeout. All right, welcome back, everybody. Make sure you get signed up. we got a lot of stuff to give away. Our friends from Robinson's have the Packers Pro Shop gift card to give away and uh, a whole bunch more, so make sure you sign up. All right, to the interim month we finish, right, under Joe Philbin. Packers' first game under Joe, a 34-20 win over the Atlanta Falcons. They dominated, led 34-7 after three, and win one for the Philber. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, as I told the team, I mean, I'm really uh, proud of the way the team responded this week and uh, their preparation I thought was excellent. I think it showed up uh, on the field today. I thought it was a team win in, in every respect. Don't really want to credit our, our players first and foremost. This is, as I said to them, you know, this is a player's game and they, they really stepped up and uh, also want to mention our assistant coaches who did a, did a phenomenal job this week and they deserve a ton of credit. A lot of credit. A lot of credit for getting that one after the week that was. You could tell in that locker room afterwards, too, how much that meant to them, uh, every single player. I mean, there, there are so many guys emotionally, that how draining that month had been, and to have it end that way uh, with McCarthy's removal, for them to get that one back, that was a big moment in the That season. was indeed. But back out on the road they go to see the Bears 24-17 again. Tied at 14 in the fourth quarter, but the Bears clinch a playoff spot. Packers get eliminated. David Bakhtiari on what the final two games will say about this team. Grit, um, the kind of man you're made of. And, I mean, personally for me, I'm, I'm, I'm playing for Joe Philbin. I play for that man six days a week and twice on Sunday. Like, he's, he's an awesome coach. You want him here full time? Him and if they don't like him, I mean, I'm going to trust whoever they, whoever they they think. But they're the ones who can be in. I don't have that choice. I'm just saying that that's it's a quality man. One of the first to really come out 
in support of Joe Philbin. Rogers did it, said, I love playing for Joe. Devontae Adams says, we got to stop the search right there. They really liked working under this guy. I, th I think what's said a lot, too, is that Devontae Adams wasn't here in 2011. David Bakhtiari wasn't here in 2011 when the last time Philbin had been a coach. Well, Rodgers and Crosby, I think, were the only two, probably. Yeah, there was only uh, yeah, Clay Matthews, maybe. a couple. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that he was able to really get on the level with this new roster, I think, said a lot about him. Yeah, indeed. All right, two to go. And they finally get it done on the road. Packers 44, Jets 38. It was the Italian food, I tell you. <laughs> in overtime, they rally for their first road win. Down 14 twice in the first half. It was 35-20 in the fourth. But Aaron Rodgers hits Devontae Adams from 16 yards out for the game winner, catching, capping his 11-catch day. We fought through a lot there. Obviously, it's, it's not easy to win. We, we've shown that this year. Haven't really done well on the road, but... Um, we rallied. I mean, that's, that's all we could do. We just kept the faith, and, you know, we kind of kept that same mentality we always have. If we have time and downs, we're able to get it done. And, uh, you know, we, we just rallied behind each other because we believe in, in one another, and we know it's us against the world at this point. I mean, people people count us out, and, you know, they, they say that we, you know, just because of the record this year that, that we're not a great team, but we know the type of people we have, and we know the character that we have in this locker room, so we just rallied behind it. Unfortunately, Wes, his last catch of the year. Yeah, I never saw that one coming, oh, right? That I mean, stinks. The entire narrative, even when you talked to him in the locker room on Wednesday, he sounded somewhat optimistic about going out there and playing. Because he said he got hurt on his second catch yeah, that game and yeah. played the rest of the way. The entire way. And I didn't, honestly, maybe maybe you caught it. I didn't really notice like him. He did mention afterwards it stiffened up you know, yeah. on the plane, going home and everything. But we saw him running around a I little bit of practice. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see him looking so, too hobbled. Sterling and Jordy's records intact. One, one more, more to go. One yeah. more to go. And that was last Sunday. And the only soundbite from that disaster, 31-0 Lions, a humiliating finale at home left Jamal Williams embarrassed. I can't speak for all my teammates, but for me, this this got my, I can't even say it. It got my blood boiling. There you go. I'm just hot. I'm mad. So pretty much this whole offseason is just mad looking at all these losses and how our season went. Just use that as fuel to be ready for next year. And, Hopefully not, you know, have this happen next year even. It better not happen next year. Blood boiling for J-Dub. Yeah, I saw that too. Four consecutive losses to the Lions. That was the first time since 83 oh, that that's happened. Well, it took them 20 years to win here right. at yeah. all. Yeah. At all. 6-9-1 is how they finish. So they picked 12th in the draft in round one. And they have the Saints' first round pick, which will be right now 28-32, to 32, depending on where they finish. Right. Parley them for a top five run. Potentially. Potentially. I mean, that's the that's the fun you can have now when you have that extra pick in your pocket. They got their own picks in rounds two and three. Round four, their own plus. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix, fourth rounder from the Redskins. Their own pick in round five. They get two in round six, plus Seattle's Brett Hundley trade, and a pick in round seven. Ten choices overall. Yeah, it's uh, it's something else to see exactly what this is going to be able to you're going to be able to make out of this. 2009 is the last time the Packers picked twice that worked in the out. first round. They built their defense BJ around and it, Clay. put them over the top for a championship run. And they're going to look to do something similar now. Highest they've also picked in the first round since that Raji pick. Yeah, is this the Bears' division now for the next several years? I still don't think so. Uh, certainly, they have a defense to be feared. I think you look at the player that Kyle, Kyle Fuller has become, and, and they were already at a point where they were very competitive, and Vic Fangio, I have as much respect for him as any D.C. in the league, and adding Mack was sort of the piece that they were missing, much like that kind of put him over the top, I think are really challenging those units he had in San Francisco now as far as the talent level. But offensively, I still have some questions. I still have questions about Mitchell Trubisky, their running game. It took time for that to come to form this year, and they don't really have a, a – big-time playmaker in that offense. 
to me, I still view it a lot like the 2001 Bears where with Dick Duran, they went 13-3, and three, yeah. but they had warts on offense. I think this team is built better to have success going forward, but I think when you look at the recent history in the NFC North, you can't just say one team is going to dominate. If that was the case, it would have been the Vikings this yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. So with Minnesota, it's been a year now, but let's overreact. Did they make a mistake with Kirk Cousins? Absolutely not. I, I've answered this question a couple times in our insider inbox. They had four options. Now, I'm not saying they were all four amazing options, but you look at the season that Case Keenum had with Denver. Uh, Sam Bradford's currently not with the team. Teddy Bridgewater was the backup in New Orleans. You needed to go with Kirk Cousins. Mike Zimmer acknowledged that. The problem is, though, as you, as you know, when you go to the market and you're getting a starting quarterback, you have to pay them franchise quarterback money in this era. I think the problem for them was that they just turned over the ball too much yeah. this season. Case Keenum did a better job of being a game manager, but I don't know if you'd want to hitch your wagon to him either long term. He's 4-25 and 25 against teams with winning records in his career. It's pretty nuts. Nuts, yeah. nuts, nuts. Packers next year, aside from the division games, will host the Eagles, Redskins, Panthers, Broncos, and Raiders. Not exactly murderer's row at home, but on the road, they're going to Dallas, the J Niners, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yikes. That's not going to be fun. It's going to be a tough one, uh, especially with the way the Chargers are looking now. Uh, one of the better teams down the stretch here. But, you know, the, we thought this year statistically going into it that it was supposed to be favorable, and we saw how that turned out. So All things right. can change vertically. Ten unrestricted free agents. Randall Cobb, Clay Matthews, Lance Kendricks, Bashad Breeland, Byron Bell, Devon House, Mercedes Lewis, Eddie Pleasant, Jake Ryan, Muhammad Wilkerson. The big two are obviously Matthews and Cobb. Can they afford to bring them back? Really interested to see what Clay Matthews uh, wants, uh, what, what the market's going to be like for him, because to me it still makes sense for him to be here. Injuries weren't an issue this year. I'm not saying he needs to play 80% of the defensive snaps anymore, but if you're going to make changes at outside backer, you can't do it all in one season. I, I think there's steps. I think it needs to be gradual, but it needs to match up for both sides. Also really would like to see Bashad Breeland back. I, I just think the way the season he had, considering what he came back from and on a short timetable, I, I thought he was kind of a revelation there considering what they were really up against in that secondary. How about the Warhawk in the slot instead of Cobb? They, they don't really have another slot receiver right now. No, so and, and certainly Aaron Rodgers put his weight behind that. We're going to have to wait and see. He's he had said a, a lot career. were better with Cobb, and they probably were a little bit better, but I think they might be able to do a little bit better considering he played nine out of the 16 it's again tough. this year. And it was such a good start, too. Uh, I you know, know against I know, the Bears. with a bang. But, yeah, finished with a <laughs> No kidding. Wes, it was blast. Thanks for coming over tonight. Thanks for having me, sir. Have an enjoyable offseason. It won't last long. I'll see you as <laughs> yeah. soon as they hire somebody. <laughs> you as well, All sir. right, when we come back, we'll wrap up another year. Don't go away. Fifth quarter finishes up right after this. Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back. Only got just a couple of seconds, and I want to say some thank yous to the Stadium View. Jerry, we miss you tremendously. Thanks for having us again for another season. Robinson, boys, God love it. You guys are just fantastic to us. For all of you folks that have come here week in and week out, couldn't do it without you. Appreciate your support for the show, Z. You're not a bad co-host. You're no, all right, man. No, thank all you, right. sir. I want to thank all the players, writers, everybody else that came on board yeah, as guests awesome. this season. Uh, and lordy, lordy, it's going to be 40 next year. Let's do it again. We're sending somebody to the Packer Pro Shop from our friends at Robinson's. Who's going? John Owen. John, you're our last big winner tonight, but not the only one. we got a lot more to give away when we're off the air. Thank you. God Thanks, love everybody. you, everybody. We'll see you next season.